President Tsai Ing-wen delivered her last New Year's address as president on Monday. In her speech, she touted her administration's achievements over the past eight years. Tsai stressed that Taiwan had become more internationalized during her tenure. She urged the public to vote wisely in the upcoming election to choose a candidate who can make Taiwan even better. For her last time as president, President Tsai Ing-wen handed out spring couplets on New Year's Day, drawing long lines at the presidential office building. In her New Year's address, Tsai bid farewell to the nation. Over these past eight years, Taiwan has changed. The main difference is that Taiwan is no longer forgotten by the world. If you were to ask me what the key word for these past eight years has been, I would say it is the world. And what is the key word for the world? It absolutely includes Taiwan. Whether you are my supporter or my detractor, I would like to thank every Taiwanese person for getting us where we are today, for persevering through thick and thin, and in spite of all the ups and downs we've encountered along the way. With just 12 days before Election Day, President Tsai urged the public to use their vote to make Taiwan better. No matter your political affiliation or whether you're in the ROC camp or the Taiwan camp, this is our country. I sincerely hope we can believe in ourselves, in democracy and in Taiwan to make decisions that make Taiwan better. We must make the best choice for Taiwan within this world. Everyone knows who I'm supporting, and he's standing here today. Vice President Lai Qingde has been part of it all, and he has experienced it all. I am very confident in him. Tsai addressed criticism from opposition politicians who have accused the DPP of corruption. A Japanese scholar, Ogasawara Yoshiyuki, noted that out of all of Taiwan's governments, the Tsai administration has been the only one to not have any cases of corruption among high-level officials. Taiwan has also attained its best score on the Corruption Perception Index since our first democratic election 27 years ago. Tsai also defended her administration's policies on the death penalty and nuclear power. Taiwan has not abolished the death penalty yet. An interpretation of the Constitution is ongoing to determine how to handle prisoners on death row. Let's remember that whoever becomes president next, that president must not act beyond the scope of the law, because we are a country governed by the rule of law. Opposition parties have called for the development of nuclear power, but they have yet to mention where the new nuclear power plants would be built or how the waste would be disposed of. So at this point in time, Taiwanese society shouldn't get involved in disputes revolving around nuclear power, but strive forward on solutions that do not involve nuclear power. In her last New Year's address as president, Tsai defended her government's moves on controversial issues, emphasizing that Taiwan was on the right path. The day before, Chinese leader Xi Jinping delivered his 2024 New Year's message over state media. In his televised address, he said that reunification with Taiwan was inevitable. In response, President Tsai Ing-wen expressed hope for the return of cross-strait exchanges. But she said that Taiwan was a democratic nation and that Taiwan's future relationship with China must be decided via the democratic process. In his New Year's address, Chinese leader Xi Jinping touched on the topic of unification. The reunification of the motherland is a historical inevitability. Compatriots on both sides of the Taiwan Strait should be bound by a common sense of purpose and share in the glory of the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. 
We hope for the swift resumption of healthy cross-strait exchanges. We also hope to engage in peaceful, equal and democratic dialogue in pursuit of a long-term solution for peaceful coexistence. What our relationship with China looks like in the future must be determined by our democratic process. I believe that the Taiwanese people will make the wise choice. Five years ago, in a message to Taiwan compatriots, she had explicitly defined the 1992 consensus as the one country, two systems framework. Even so, the 1992 consensus still has supporters in Taiwan today. When asked about the 1992 consensus, Tsai said that embracing it came at the risk of the ROC's sovereignty. The 1992 consensus, the One China Principle and the One Country, Two Systems Framework are three parts of the same plan. Cross-strait communication is important, but it cannot come at the cost of our sovereignty. Linking the 1992 consensus with the ROC constitution is risky, because it puts the constitution at risk of becoming the 1992 consensus. That is what's really worrying. So I must say that the ROC constitution is not inherently risky, but that connecting it with the 1992 consensus is risky. Tsai said the 1992 consensus was the political basis used by the KMT for negotiating with Beijing. She stressed that it was not inherently a part of the ROC constitution. Taiwan's vice presidential candidates faced off in a televised debate on Monday. They were asked about China's military threat to Taiwan, about how Taiwan should bolster its defense policy. Over the last eight years, Taiwan's defense spending has grown from over 350 billion NT to 600 billion NT. But actually, that only accounts for about 2.5% of Taiwan's GDP. I'd like to ask our three vice presidential candidates, do you support continued investment in national defense? Which areas would you strengthen? The greatest goal of national defense is to ensure that we are prepared for war, that we don't fear war, and that we can fight a war without seeking conflict. We believe that defense spending should be increased to 3% of the GDP. We want to strike our enemy's capabilities at the source, that is, our missiles, our firepower, should be able to reach the bases along China's coast. For our combat units at sea, we propose a pay raise of 20,000 NT. We propose three directions for bolstering national defense. One is strengthening training, so that both conscripts and enlisted service members meet modern-day requirements. As for upgrades to military equipment, there are two approaches of procurement and domestic production. We aim to cooperate with like-minded nations to form a deterrent. Our goal is not to wage war, but to ensure peace across the Taiwan Strait. The candidates were asked how, if elected, they would use their role as VP to expand diplomacy and improve cross-strait relations. DPP candidate Xiaobi Kim said she would take a, quote, practical approach to finding international space for Taiwan. The KMT's Zhao Shaokang said he would seek to broker a truce with China. As for Wu Xingying of the Taiwan People's Party, she proposed reaching out to the world by forging bilateral agreements and harmonizing Taiwan's laws and regulations with global standards. One Song Orchestra held its annual New Year's concert on Monday, showcasing the sounds of Taiwan. 
The concert featured a diverse program, including a piece inspired by an Indian poet. In 2024, the orchestra plans to continue its mission of bringing Taiwan to the international community. The ensemble has an international tour lined up with concerts at top performance halls around the world. A soaring melody fills the hall as the orchestra rings in the new year. One Song Orchestra held its New Year's concert on Monday at Taipei's National Concert Hall, filling seats with avid fans. Just half a year ago, the orchestra had gone on tour in the US, bringing the sounds of Taiwan to expats. This is the Golden Poem, inspired by the works of Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore. Its composer is Golden Melody Award winner Shi Qingru. The piece conveys hope and light and is infused with a deep Taiwanese flavor. One Song Orchestra has long been committed to cultivating local musicians and bringing the sounds of Taiwan to the world. In 2024, the ensemble plans to collaborate with top Taiwanese pianists in rearranging classical piano works. It's also planning a tour with stops at 10 major performance halls around the world. In June, the orchestra will perform at the Suntory Concert Hall in Tokyo in a bid to strengthen Taiwan-Japan ties through music. At the annual New Year's concert, tune after tune struck a chord with the crowd. Through the power of music, One Song Orchestra aims to build a bridge between Taiwan and the world. Japan's largest second-hand clothing brand arrived in 2020 with a store in Taipei's popular Ximen Ding shopping district. Now it has signed for another storefront near Exit 1 of the Ximen MRT. After nabbing a prime location worth 180 million NT, it seems the second-hand boutique market in Taiwan is on the rise. Sounds of construction can be heard from this storefront beside Exit 1 of the Ximen MRT station. For the past five years, a hot dog restaurant was spending 300,000 NT per month to rent the prime location. But after its closure in September, Japan's largest second-hand retailer plans to take over on January 19th. I don't often go there. Some of the clothing is really expensive, even though the quality isn't great. You may as well get something new. People are more eco-conscious. You can also find some hidden gems. I think it's good to have more locations. The brand has over 800 locations in Japan where people can sell as well as buy shoes, accessories, designer bags and more. But this is not the retailer's first Shimon location. In 2020, it opened its first store in Taiwan a mere five-minute walk from the new storefront. It now has 26 locations across Taiwan. I think it's a good thing for us because it can bring more traffic to Ximen. The more shops there are, the more customers will come. We have our own customers and certain brands that we prefer to carry. Customers will go wherever they think has the best prices. 
Rather than fearing the competition, neighboring shops are looking forward to an influx of foot traffic. Secondhand stores saw a boost during the pandemic as people couldn't go abroad. Now that travel has resumed, visitors from Hong Kong and Macau are coming for the deals. Taiwan's secondhand stores, especially those selling luxury products, must make appraisals and have some industry knowledge to ensure authenticity. Because of this, the entrance threshold is high. They also need to assess whether an item will be valued by consumers and whether a brand will retain its value. Authenticity is difficult to determine. Identifying details like the trim, buckles and the smell of the leather is complex. Reputable sellers can help buyers find the right products without fear of being ripped off. Taiwan was the world's 14th richest country in 2023. That's according to the latest analysis by the US-based Global Finance magazine. Its ranking was based on GDP per capita adjusted for relative purchasing power. Taiwan placed ahead of the economic giants, including Japan, South Korea, and China. According to an analyst, Taiwan's performance is due partly to well-placed government subsidies that give a boost to purchasing power. The government subsidies in various areas have kept our commodity prices lower compared to other developed nations. In the years since the pandemic, we've been able to control our CPI growth rate much better than Europe and the U.S. have. The top three richest countries on the list were Ireland, Luxembourg and Singapore. Taiwan placed 14th with its GDP per capita of 73,344 U.S. dollars or about 2.27 million NT. South Korea came in at number 30, Japan at 38 and China placed 77th in the world. Last night, skies across Taiwan lit up with fireworks to ring in the new year. The longest display in the country was at Yida Theme Park in Kaohsiung, where fireworks lasted 999 seconds. Over in the capital, about 16,000 rockets were shot off Taipei 101 in a display that lasted 300 seconds. The crowd counts down to midnight and fireworks burst from Taipei 101. Sparks spiral down the building, then an explosion of red, green and gold. The skyscraper lights up and a bright pink glow shoots from the sides, encircling the entire building. On the side, a light arrangement reads, Taiwan. This spectacle was titled Colorful World and it symbolized humanity's march into a vibrant future. This year's fireworks at Taipei 101 came at a price tag of 20 million NT. The display lasted 300 seconds, during which 16,000 rockets were fired. Japanese fireworks were featured for the first time. The show relied less on LED screens to put the focus squarely on the pyrotechnics. Over in the south, the show at Ida Theme Park in Kaohsiung was just as stunning. Fuchsia sparks flare up, spelling out Ida as golden feathers of light burst in the sky. The display here lasted 999 seconds or just over 16 minutes, making it the longest New Year's fireworks show in Taiwan. The display at Ida theme park was a four-act affair. 
Golden bursts of light, colorful sparkles, and arrangements in the shape of love hearts elicited oohs and ahs from the crowd. But the highlight of the night was this. Set to F4's nostalgic pop song, Meteor Rain, waterfalls of gold and jade cascaded across the sky. The effect was made possible by drones that launch rockets on their side in midair. Looking like shooting stars dashing across the horizon, the flares marked a spectacular start to 2024. The Taiwan Railways Administration has officially transitioned from a government agency into a state-owned enterprise called Taiwan Railway Corporation. Its new chair, Du Wei, plans to focus on improving the company's financial health. Over its 137-year history, the rail operator has racked up debt of 170 billion NT. Tu said that for now, there were no plans to raise ticket prices. He added that any financial reforms made would make safety a top priority. Also on Monday, Tu was asked if the railway's latest retirement wave would affect service over Spring Festival. Tu said that the staffing shortfall was about 1,000 people and that gap would be met by new full-time recruits and seasonal contract workers. A new wooden playground has been built at a Hualien school with design input from the students. The Taiwan Association of Humanitarian Architecture came to Xingchen Elementary to design some wooden facilities. Children joined in to design the use of the space as part of their maker module in technology class. They also helped assemble and put the finishing touches on the exquisitely built facilities. The playground is made entirely of Taiwanese wood, and the kids said it's much nicer to play on than plastic. Students lean carefully on wooden legs as they sand vigorously. Every edge must be sanded down. They follow the teachers in setting up lots of different equipment, from wooden chairs and tables to slides. Each item has several pieces to assemble creatively. They're itching to try out the slide. Not just the kids, but also the adults are having a whale of a time. A wooden slide is better than plastic, they said. Wood is more fun. It's smooth. Sometimes when you sit on plastic, you stick to it. The Taiwan Association of Humanitarian Architecture cooperated with the Forestry and Nature Conservation Agency to create a better play environment for this rural school. In constructing the slide at Xincheng Elementary in Hualien, they aim to improve the local children's spatial capacities and geometrical awareness. The timber used is all Taiwan grow and Japanese cedar and Taiwania. The makers wanted to give kids toys that would bring them in contact with nature. The unusual thing was that we gave the users the right to determine the construction space so the children could freely choose to make the space how they imagined it. In our IT class at the moment, we have a maker module. Usually, we create items using 3D printing, but these Taiwanese wood facilities are a more large-scale set of toys. Many collaborators came together to create this new playground, full of creativity and love, teaching students to create their own facilities and enjoy being close to nature. Taoyuan is probably not the first place that comes to mind when you're thinking of trying out some delicacies. But the northern city is the focus of the bi-weekly newspaper 500 times as it publishes a list of 100 recommended dishes from Taoyuan. 
This is the second installment after the publication came out with the restaurant review, the 500 Bowls Award, back in June, and foodies are now headed for Taoyuan to satisfy their palates. Scoop the boiled pea meal into a bowl. Top it with sesame seeds, peanuts, and a special sauce. The resulting delicious soup is guaranteed to make anyone's mouth water. The dish is one of many local specialty snacks in China's southern Yunnan province and in Myanmar. The reason Taoyuan has so many exotic delicacies is because this is a place where various ethnic groups, including people from southern Fujian, the Hakas, and indigenous peoples, have converged. This big bowl contains Xinjiang pulled noodles, which has successfully won over the palates of many a gourmet with its unique soup, chewy meat, and the special deep-fried noodles called sangza. Their sangza is a bit different. It's from Xinjiang and it has a different aroma. The most significant part is that there are these wide noodles, which you can consume straight or along with the soup, so you get two distinct textures. And you won't get that empty feeling. The whole dish is just perfect. Here in Taoyuan, you can find plenty of specialty dishes, such as sushi, dried tofu and Thai cuisine. To let the public in on the choices that are on offer, the bi-weekly newspaper 500 Times has presented a list of 100 recommended dishes in Taoyuan. When I saw the list, I got very excited. Through different people, different perspectives and different life experiences, we really discovered a lot this time. These are not what we traditionally recommend and not what we usually imagine. This is not something that some gourmet magazines write about over and over again. The list is the result of careful selection from personal favourites of 10 gourmets and local celebrities in Taoyuan. It's also a reflection of Taoyuan's diverse and vibrant food scene.